0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Intuitive Revolution in Business. I am your host, Ange de Lumière, and for those of you who've just joined the podcast, I am an intuitive business mentor. I also like to call myself a spiritual lawyer sometimes, just to start a conversation. Um, And I support... Uh, Brilliant entrepreneurs, whether they are already established or um, aspiring entrepreneur, who want to create success on their terms. And that's a very important part of the process because there are so many different ways to do business. We can have success on someone else's terms. I certainly did myself when I was um, an international mergers and acquisition lawyer. But even when we create our business, we can have a tendency to recreate someone else's success. And in my world, it never works. We have to find what works for us. And the only way to find what works for us precisely is to tune in, tap into our intuition. But intuition is a very elusive thing that a lot of people don't understand. And that's why I think I bring a real... Uh, value to the conversation, having explored all sorts of modalities in the 15 years of what I call my PhD in intuition from the University of Life. So I trained in so many modalities, um, you probably would laugh, you know, uh, anything from um, animal communication to tarot to uh, mediumship, channeling, angel work, all sorts of things. Um, but I go back always to that intuitive piece because I think for me, that's the one that fascinates me the most. Also because, and this is going to be the topic of today's podcast, because I think everyone is intuitive. So today is a q and I'm answering a question. Now, if you have questions about intuition, I urge you to join my group called the uh, Intuitive Revolution for Brilliant Entrepreneurs on Facebook. We are a community of 800 plus um, like-minded people, uh, a beautiful community. Uh, and come and ask your question about intuition. And this way you might actually be featured on the podcast at some point. Now, the podcast has a cycle of four different. Um, four weeks of topics. Uh, We usually start with a proper topic that I choose myself. Then I usually interview a guest about their intuition story in business. Uh, The third, and it might not be exactly in that order. uh, The third topic usually is a book review. So last week I reviewed the story brand, which is a brilliant book. And last is the Q&A. So here we are. Uh, at the end of our four-week cycle about the QA. and And my question today is, is everyone intuitive? And this is such a juicy question. I'm loving the fact that we're going to embark on this exploration of the answer to that question. It is a very important question. Um, and I want to go back to uh, my younger self, Uh, because she had a lot of misconceptions about intuition. Because of course, she knew nothing about intuition, she had to learn everything on her own. And this is also why I'm so passionate to run this podcast so that you don't have to find all the answers. Because sometimes when we don't have a guide, we find the wrong answers to questions. And The question, is everyone intuitive? I actually believed that only a chosen few were intuitive when I was younger. And I know I was for sure super wrong. And it is actually my children who have taught me everything I needed to know about intuition. From a very young age, I observed them and I was fascinated by their gifts, their connectedness, their intuitivity or intuition, I should say, intuitivity is not a word. Oh, I just invented one. Um, but they they just they helped me to unlearn all the unhelpful beliefs and concepts and ideas I had around just about everything from spirituality to intuition and also to what is important in life. So I also used to think that I wasn't intuitive right? And I was wrong as well. So I was wrong on so many counts. And maybe that's you today. And if it is, I would like to take you on a journey of um, opening your mind to this topic and to what intuition really is. So of course, the answer could be just yes, everyone's intuitive. That's it. Move on. Next question. But (laughs) this podcast is about exploring things. So let's get into it. There's a few elements that need to be present for you to be able to tune into your intuition. And I have identified six. Now, not all six will apply to everyone, but I wanted to explore all of them. So I'm going to list them first uh, very um, quickly, and then we'll dive into each one separately um, with a further explanation, maybe um, an anecdote, Anecdote, yes. Um, So first, you must understand the difference between thinking and intuiting. Second, you must have cleared emotional baggage to a certain extent because we all have emotional baggage. To, you know, it, we create emotional baggage as we live. Uh, that's part of being human. But to have cleared a substantial, a substantial amount of it, and for that, there are several things that you can do. But we'll talk about it in that, in that, and when I go in more in depth on that, on that point. Third, you must have a dedicated practice of stillness. Fourth, you must be embodied. Fifth, you must have healed your trauma again, to a certain extent. And it's different. Emotional baggage and trauma are slightly different. And sixth, you must have um, cleared your limiting beliefs around intuition. Let's start with the first one, understanding the difference between thinking and intuiting. And I have touched upon it in in another podcast episode. I can't remember which one it was, but it's an important distinction. So thinking or traditional thinking is a process by which one thought follows the other one with a sequence that is logical, okay? So um, to give you an example, I'm sitting down at my desk, I'm recording my podcast, I'm wondering what podcast, um, what question to answer for my QA. and um, then I'm thinking of you know grabbing a journal and I start putting my ideas down and one follows the other in a very logical fashion. This is thinking. Now in tweeting, on the other hand, um, so I call it the train of thoughts. And I always make that little drawing of all the little wagon that are close to each other and that follow very, very closely because they're linked and there's a logic. And and that's how my, our minds work most of the time, even though sometimes these train of thoughts can be a little bit quirky <laughs> because we have associations that are um, very unique to ourselves. But there still is that link. Now, in tweeting comes in the gaps between the carriages. So you have that big train and there needs to be a gap between certain carriages. Now, of course, in the real world of trains, if you had a gap, it wouldn't be a train anymore. It would be a separate one. So maybe I should say that there should be several trains and a little bit of a gap between the trains. Um, And then in between these gaps, that space that you create between your thoughts, an idea can pop up. And that idea will be completely unrelated to everything that you've been thinking, whether it's in the train of thoughts, number one, two, three, four, whatever. It just pops up and it almost surprises you. And you're like, oh, where did this idea come from? Where did this thought come from? Um, That is your indication that you're onto something intuitive. Okay. And it's important to spot it because uh, we have so many thoughts and we also can think that uh, we don't actually have an, uh, um, an active part in our thinking. But that's not exactly true because once we have a thought, it is down to us whether we focus on that thought or not. So in terms of that intuition piece, once you have that idea that pops up, you can literally ignore it. And usually you would, because you would think that, oh, that's random. Uh, This is impossible. Um, I'm going to give you an example, actually, because I said I wanted to talk about anecdotes. So one day I woke up and so I had no train of thoughts. It literally, um, I was in that state of in between being awake and, and asleep. And the thought popped up of healing dolls. Now, I had no idea where this came from. I knew I hadn't thought it because I had never thought about healing dolls before. Uh, so it wasn't like I was thinking, oh yeah, it would be a good idea for um, to create healing dolls. And at the same time, once I had the idea, I knew I had to kind of mull on it and develop it, maybe. But the very first thought that came from me, not my intuition, was that how how the heck am I going to do that? Um, At the time, I didn't sew at all. I wasn't into textiles. Um, I couldn't think that, you know, one of those plastic dolls from a a, 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 um, a shop would be suitable for to make a healing doll. So very quickly, it surfaced and appeared that um, we were talking about rag dolls uh, that could be used for healing purposes. Now, we're not going to go into the whole healing um, debate, whether that exists or not, and how you heal and whether anyone can heal anyone else. I'm just talking about this idea of healing dolls. But being a Reiki master, obviously, I know that you can transfer energy from a distance. And actually, I learned from my own Reiki master how to use teddies or dolls or even a piece of paper to send energy. And you can need any of these props, but they are um, useful to focus the energy. And so the concept of healing dolls um, made a complete, complete sense for me from my background of having been... Um, Uh, trained in Reiki and so you know it's it's like voodoo dolls but the opposite uh, of wanting to uh, have a positive outcome for someone Uh, actually it's not technically that because you don't want to ask for an outcome when you do uh, you send healing energy whatever you want to call that Reiki you know sometimes I say call it sausage energy for all I care it's just that pure positive energy that you send someone to support them into um, maybe a struggle that they're facing or something they're going through. So the concept of healing doll became uh, very quickly something that I was excited about, even though I had this big challenge of not knowing how to make them. So what I did is I went to John Lewis and bought the first pattern that I could find for to make a rag doll. I made my first rag doll. I hated the shape of it and I threw it away. And then I came across this um, beautiful book by a French um, artist actually who does uh, ragdolls. And I tried again and I didn't follow her pattern completely. And I ended up making my first uh, ragdoll healing doll that I still have to this date uh, where I put all the chakras or the energy centers as I prefer to call them on her body, so that I could also do what I call a distance um, chakra cleanse or energy center cleanse that I can I, I can do with the um, with a um, crystal pendulum. So that, that's a little bit far into you know what I do, but this idea came to me and I pursued it, and I I have been making so many of these wonderful dolls since initially I made them for friends. And and then I started selling them and then I came across the, I suppose, the limit of my own time and considering that it wasn't really um, profitable for me to make these dolls, so I still do them custom made and more like on when people really ask them for from me but the concept is super powerful so if you wanted to make yourself a healing doll the idea is that you make a doll um, a rag doll to your liking so that doll would have the same eye color the same hair color Uh, maybe you would create clothes that you know um, reflect your personality I also love the idea of making these for, for kids So that um, you know they have a doll that actually looks like them that can they can really relate to, but that's for another a, a topic for another day. But these dolls, this this concept of healing dolls, I then put a crystal within the doll's heart or in the chest that I charged with healing energy and um, I know that they were very very powerful because um, I made once one for a woman in Australia and she said that literally when she picked up the package and put the doll in her house she could feel the energy of that um, doll as if I was an angel in her house. So very, very powerful. And all that from a thought that I knew wasn't from my thinking. So that can be pretty powerful. Uh, I've had some other ideas like that, but sometimes you can ignore them. And I, mean, I could have ignored this idea of healing dolls because I am not, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a very basic uh, at sewing. Uh, I, I Up to then, the only thing I made was you know, shortened trousers for my kids or repaired buttons that were um, ripped off or something like that. That was the only thing because sewing got on my nerves because it, it always, all the threads got, um, um, ting, uh, what do you say, tangled and a bit like with, with knitting. But actually I've really enjoyed making these dolls. And that I, although I haven't made one in uh, about a year, it's been a concept that has sat actually with me for years. And and it was a brilliant uh, idea. And that came from my intuition. So maybe think back about some ideas that have popped in your mind that maybe you didn't uh, engage with. Um, And I want to reflect back as well to Elizabeth Gilbert's big magic book. Uh, And if you haven't read it, I definitely think you, that you should. I think I'm going to put it on our um, our reading list for the podcast. Because it's a fabulous book for entrepreneurs to get into their creativity. Right. So number two, you have to have cleared your emotional baggage. That means that you have to have at least had some sort of reflecting practice and um, dived into your emotions Um, uh, understood, you know, what unresolved or maybe repressed emotion you will have, because these create like a veil between you and your intuition. Why is that? It's because intuition comes through the heart. So if you've had heartaches that you haven't resolved, or if you've had some sort of um, emotional clouding, It also happens quite often when you have an investment in the outcome of a topic, then it's very difficult to get intuitive um, intelligence around it because you are too attached to the outcome or you're too close to it. You know, it clouds your intuition as much as your judgment. So it's important to have that practice where you look into your emotions and your feelings and you become emotionally intelligent for sure. Right. Right. Um, you know, it's no coincidence that Steve Job, who was a big, big fan of intuition, always talked about following your heart because your, your heart doesn't always have, um, um, you know, reason. It doesn't always make sense, but it makes sense in a sort of roundabout way. And usually with hindsight, not usually, and that, that's that kind of kind of ties in with number one, where I say there's a train of thought, that's the logic, and then there's something that pops in between that, in the gaps between the thoughts, and that's that's the heart, that's the heart speaking and showing you and telling you what really matters in all this. Now, um, there's several things that you can use to clear emotional baggage. But the first thing that it's important to do is to uh, become aware. And of course, um, there are some people who will say that the only emotional baggage that you carry is the one that you activate within you and that you keep rehashing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that, you know, you, you know, you bob along in your life and you're happy to uh, go ahead and then suddenly something will happen that will trigger you. When I say trigger, there's all sorts of triggers from the mild one to the very serious one. And of course, the very serious one is when there is serious trauma. We'll talk about that later uh, in the podcast. I'm talking here more about um, unresolved issues that you might have, uh, of things that happen to you and you're not actually conscious that they are um, shaping the way you look at things. And so then maybe uh, your best friend does something and suddenly you have a knee-jerk reaction to what she or he did. And that Mm -hmm. knee-jerk reaction is disproportionate to what the person has done. Now, most people would then shoot the messenger. They would say that person did something wrong and start becoming all, you know, rolled up or worked up around what happened what i would like you to do instead is to look at what happened look at the trigger look at what, uh, what emotions have come up especially if they seem to be in um, disproportionate to what has happened and then ask you know explore with the mindset of curiosity Oh, I wonder what this is all about. I wonder what old story has come to the fore, almost like a bubble in a cauldron that would keep coming up, or comes up at one point because you, as, as I said, you've been triggered. And then there's several methods. You know, I would have said maybe 20 years ago, you know, go to therapy. Um, there's a lot of resistance for people to go to therapy actually, um, because there's that old stigma that it's for people who um, have a problem. Uh, I completely disagree with that. I think we all have problems. We all have baggage. We all have, it's part of being human that we live and and we get, um, we're impacted by things that happen to us and sometimes in a negative way. And although it's wonderful to put things behind and start afresh, there's also um, a certain amount of things that need to be tweaked and worked on so that it doesn't become... Um, a filter that impacts us, um, you know, against our our best uh, interests, let's put it this way. So um, here we are, Um, you have identified maybe that you have some baggage that you need to look at. Um, We have just discussed the fact that you don't necessarily need to go to therapy, but what I would encourage you to do is to be curious and explore. Uh, keep on asking questions. Why? Why, why, why? All the time. Keep on asking, where is this coming from? I wonder. And even go into um, the state of saying, hmm, I'm wondering. And and just do that, you know, make that sound in your body because it kind of resonates with this curios- curiosity approach. Now, there's several things that I have learned to love to do, um, and sometimes you need someone else to help you with this, but there's called something called emotional freedom technique, which is where you tap onto energy margins med- in your body whilst you say um, a certain sentences. And you can probably find a lot of um, do-it-yourself videos on YouTube about uh, EFT. There's several variations of this method, um, it evolves all the time, but it's a great way to, um, to free trapped emotions in your body. And it's a great way to explore where things are coming from. Now I will say that um, there's a big difference between what I call the big T's and the small T's. So for small traumas, things that are not too um, too strong or too deep, um, you can do a lot of DIY. But if you have um, been through abuse or trauma uh, to an extent or if you've been in a narcissistic relationship, I would say please reach out to a professional someone who's um, trained in this and who has the capacity to hold a safe space for you. Because when you start unpacking that stuff, if you don't have a safe space and someone that's there to hold the space for you, Uh, that can be very triggering and you can get into spaces where you might get, uh, you know, back into the traumatic experience but without knowing how to get out of it. So be a little bit careful about that. Journaling is also a wonderful uh, modality to explore your emotions. Again, there is 110 million different courses on journaling. I will actually, however, recommend the work of my friend Dale Dali. Uh, I have purchased her uh, journaling course on Udemy, and it's a beautiful course. Uh, you can find an interview in a, that I did with Dale about journaling for intuition, actually, that, yeah, that is on my YouTube channel. Um, and, that, and then you would uh, naturally be able to find her uh, from there. Let me see if I can just grab her website as well she's actually made it really easy for me her her website is dale okay so dale d a l e d a l i .com uh, i i consider her the journal j- journaling queen but she has so much many more um, um bows to her arrows to her bow i think that's the way to, that's the right way to say it Okay, so that's, that's Dale. That's the journaling piece. That's the exploring your emotional baggage and clearing it. Number three is a dedicated practice of stillness. So you will have noticed that I didn't use the word meditation because it's in my tagline, no need to meditate. Uh, wear crystals or give up on coffee or wine. So, but what you want is to have enough space in your life and in your mind that you have time for reflection, that you have time for contemplation, that you have time for stillness, that you have space not to have activities happening all the time because this is when this is going to bring in some sort of silence and it's in the silence that you create those gaps between the trains that you create those opportunities for inspiration and intuition to come in. And I think that for some, it's incredibly hard. It was for me. Believe me, I'm an overthinker. I have a very active mind that often keeps me uh, awake at night. And it's taken me years to come to the place of having that stillness within me, but it's really worth the effort. It's going to take practice and it's going to take commitment, but the, re- the rewards are so worth the effort that you're going to put in as everything, almost everything in life that's worth it has to have some, some sort of commitment from your, your part um, to reap the benefits of that practice. Number four is you must be embodied and you would be surprised how seldom people are in their bodies. Apart from uh, physical athletes who are obviously very, very embodied, most of us have been um, taught by the schooling system to disconnect from our bodies. And how, how has that happened? If you look at preschool children, they run and move all the time whilst they learn. So their learning is very kinetic Uh, everything happens in movement, and there's no, you know, sitting and writing, obviously. Uh, Once we start school, though, the school system starts to disconnect our mind from our bodies, first, by asking us to get into the discipline of sitting down and listening, rather than being in motion whilst whilst we listen. And for some types of thinkers, this is is dreadful. Um, This can really um, impact their ability to learn because they need to be in movement to learn. And I find that heartbreaking personally. I mean, I remember reading an article about a woman who was a dancer and who who was totally kinetic in her learning and whose, um, I could say, her thriving was impaired by regular schooling until um, this was spotted by her parents and she finally joined, um, you know, a dancing school, a dance school and and started to thrive. So be, bear that in mind. Maybe you are a kinetic learner and you need to move whilst you learn or you need to move to be able to learn. But um, for most of us, so we have had that dissociation between uh, our bodies and our mind. And of course, there's a huge emphasis in school yeah, on the mind on the intellect, um, uh, you know, physical activity becomes something that you do that is, you know, um, curated uh, once a week or twice a week within the curriculum instead of it being part of every live and breathing moment. Um, I mean, <laughs> I would love to have a, a school room where there is maybe a trapeze or, you know, one of those suspended um hammocks where kids could hang upside down in order to listen, because I know that there's a lot of kids, and my my children are a little bit like this, who have sensory issues and who actually can learn better if they're upside down, for example. Uh, Why don't we leave that that freedom in school for kids to um, really do what they need to do with their bodies so that they can actually take everything in? So, Um, You can see as through the years, the kids are asked to sit through longer and longer periods and and in a way a focus on their minds to the point where most of our energy is either at the level of our head and I'm talking energetics here or even outside of their bodies. And of course, if you've experienced trauma or if you're unhappy with your body as it is, you will have a tendency, or if you are in pain, for example, experiencing pain, you are most likely to have pulled some of that energy of your own being, um, above neck level and if if maybe even above your head this is something that struck me as um very odd when i when i started um, training in reiki and when i started seeing clients for reiki therapy i mean it's not really therapy it's just a process but i don't want to get into this because it's not the topic of today but I was astounded at how many people were not actually in their bodies. And the more intellectual and the more spiritual, the less they were in their bodies because they had been taught, so to speak, that the body is not important. And there's nothing that can be further from the truth. Your body is as important as your mind and being completely embodied. So I will just give you a little um a little practice that you can do to embody yourself more and it's just to imagine that you are maybe a ball of energy around your head or even above your head a little bit and imagine pulling that that ball of energy down all the way through maybe like if there was an opening at the top of your head that you push it in and and then descends through your throat down your chest uh, all the way down into your stomach, into your hips, and then pushing it down um, into your legs and then into the ground, all the way into your feet. It is also standing the amount of people who um, have never reached their, their feet with, with their energy. And, and grounding is so important um, in terms of intuition because we are like trees. The more we reach out um, upwards, the more we have to have uh, these really strong roots um, and that grounding. Healing trauma, that's our number five. Now you might say, I haven't had any trauma in my life and that's because the threshold of the definition of trauma by society is very, very high. And I personally didn't consider I had any trauma for the longest of time. But I was wrong because uh, traumas can come from the smallest of things, and everybody's uh, tolerance for trauma. And I'm like, this is almost the wrong way to say it, but uh, capacity to deal with trauma is different. Something that will happen to one person uh, will hardly face them, whereas to another person, it's going to be something very, very difficult to overcome. And I want to say this, this is not a competition. So let's just drop the um, the um, judgment here. What matters is how you have been affected personally. So I, I want you to think that trauma is not just like a car accident that will create PTSD, this, that, and the other. Or if you had a, a violent parent that hit you, um, it can be simply your parents' divorce. That could be enough to traumatize you. Uh, it can be having been bullied in school, even if it wasn't a se- severe bullying. You know, even if you didn't have a throat, a knife put to your throat, um, that is still trauma. And what happens is trauma numbs your intuition because it numbs your body. It has an effect on the nervous system that uh, leads to you being disembodied, um, so to speak. To, to to you know, you you pop out literally. And so um, it brings you actually to your base chakra, which is um, the physiological need, the need for safety. Uh, and and that becomes the paramount um, priority for your body, even if the danger has vanished and there's no more danger. You can still be stuck in that energy of survival. So that's something that you need to look into if you want to be able to enjoy um, your intuition. And the last one is clearing clearing your limiting beliefs around intuition. So it's more about your preconceived ideas. And I did a whole episode about this. Uh, it's episode number 37. And it's all about the negativity around intuition. But I want to kind of sum it up today to so that we have a clear picture of this intuitive piece that we're talking about. You know, intuition is associated with superstition, uh, if when you have an intuitive uh hit and because it it seems irrational, people will ask you to calm down. Uh, you can be afraid that you're going to lose all sense of reality or that you will lose your connection to your logical mind. Now I want to put you your mind at rest. I have a very logical mind and I have a very strong intuition, and they work together beautifully if you find a way to do that. Maybe you're afraid of sounding woo, you know, you're afraid. Um, that people are going to think that you're out there and out there with the fairies or whatever. Maybe you think it's only for a selected few. And I hope that this episode has changed your mind about it and made you realize that you are just as intuitive as anybody else. Maybe you think that intuition is not reliable. I actually, when I did a bit of research on articles about intuition, especially on Forbes, there was this whole article, um, I don't know if it was Forbes, actually, but where someone said, you know, intuition, you can't trust it. But that's not true. Your intuition can always be trusted. It's whether you understand it. And intuition has its own language. And we might talk about that at some point on the podcast. Uh, Also, one of the big mistakes we make is that we we want intuition to look a certain way or we make it mean something. So maybe we get an intuitive idea and we immediately draw conclusions about where it's going, whereas we should keep that that spirit of curiosity of that, I wonder how, or I wonder why, or I wonder where this is leading me and not make it mean something right away because that's what you want it to mean. And that's been a real challenge for me. I tend to get sucked into this. I get an intuitive hit and then I think, oh, this must mean this. And it doesn't, and then I'm disappointed because my expectations were placed in the wrong place. So what's really, really important is to keep that curiosity and that open-mindedness. Um, and, and also you can ask your intuition for more information and say, look, I don't really understand what, what you're being saying here, can you be, uh, can you give me more information? Can you, or you can ask questions. What does this mean? Does it mean this? Does it mean that, et Etc." et cetera. So to conclude our episode today, um, I want you to know that of course you're intuitive. We are all intuitive. Um, and if you want to join the intuitive revolution in business, there's two things that you can do right now. First, I would encourage you to purchase my book, The Intuitive Revolution in Business. I was surprised even last week um, that one of the ladies that follow me uh, has followed me for a whole year consistently didn't actually know about my latest book that was published in November, The Intuitive Revolution in Business. So this book can be found in my online workshop on my website, www.theintuitiverevolution.co.uk forward slash shop. And the second thing I want you to do is to join our vibrant community of brilliant entrepreneurs on Facebook. I think I've mentioned the, the, the group earlier. It's called the Intuitive Revolution for Brilliant Entrepreneurs. That's all for today. I will come back next week for another episode. I hope you have a wonderful week. And always, always um, know that you can reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear how this um, podcast episode has impacted you. And we, we will be creating me and my wonderful VAD a specific post in my group every week with the topic of the podcast um, of the week. So uh, come and discuss this with us, uh, and I will see you again next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Nutrition Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating. And if you haven't done it yet, write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to join my free group on Facebook, Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs. And go onto my website to download my free workbook on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.